0: Good evening, everyone. It's another opportunity for us to gaze just on the Lord. And we are now in the Psalms. Uh, and so I'm going to touch on that. But uh, I just want to summarize really quickly. We're coming to the end of David's story as far as what's recorded for us in the Scriptures. Uh, we know he's obviously in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, but we're coming to the end of his tale. Uh, and I want to focus on a couple things before we talk about the Psalms. You know, and, and, and David's heart is beating the zeal for his father's house, which is obviously what, what beats in the heart of the son of David, Jesus, as well. And so he is going after God you know, with such remarkable zeal and fervor. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about David went through ten character traits of David as he was set forth as an example. Uh, in the earth is what Isaiah 55 says is that God said, I, I set David in the midst of the earth as an example. We talked about how David was, a, was an example of mercy and perseverance, of generosity, of loyalty and honor, of wisdom, of humility, of passion, of servant hearted leadership, of courage, and of kindness. And tonight, I want to really talk about David as the worshiper. Psalm 27 4, the one thing uh, that David was. Desiring to see was, was the beauty of the Lord to dwell forever in his house. He was so focused on heaven. Uh, and I think this is one of the keys as to why he's at that example in the earth was just David was this conduit of worship and intimacy between his heart and the heart of uh, of God. And he saw things in God prophetically um, as an oracle that were just breathtaking. And we have the book of Psalms. I think David's credited with. Uh, between seventy and seventy-five psalms, David's story ends kind of interestingly uh, as we as he transitions. The transition of power was not smooth from David to Solomon. David's son Adonijah makes a play for the throne. He grabs Joab, who we've already had problems with. Joab. He brings Joab into his confidence, and he brings Abiathar, the priest, into his confidence, and he says, "Go ahead and anoint me as king." and proclaim me they go with Adonijah and the Bible says something really interesting it says David never disciplined Adonijah at all he never disciplined him as a son and so that's what the Bible says about David as a father with at least in particular with his relationship with Adonijah which is just an interesting note um, about David as a man but Bathsheba and Nathan Uh, And Zadok, the priest, side with David. They go to him and say, hey, David, you promised that Solomon would be king. Adonijah is making this play. Um, Who do you want to be king? They convince David to go ahead and anoint Solomon. And the transition of power uh, is complete. And it's interesting at the end of David's life, he actually tells Solomon to basically kill Joab. Don't let Joab go to the grave early or, or don't let him go to the grave. Make sure it's a bloody death. And he actually has Solomon arrange for the death for Shimei, who was cursing David when he was fleeing from Absalom. So interesting note there. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but the Bible records it like, okay, you know, David's kind of issuing commands to Solomon to have a couple guys whacked uh, on his way out, which I think is interesting. But um, what we really want to talk about is the one thing. And and. You know, we talked about those 10 characteristics of David and how he's this witness and example in the earth, but really want to zero in on his who he is as a worshiper. And you think back to who he was laying on his back in the shepherd fields, looking at the stars. You can imagine this poet who's a warrior, who's a prophet, uh, and he's in love with God. He just sees God's creation and he has this unbelievable understanding of God's God is with him he's a shield and he's going to protect him and even as a young man you know the same God who helped me kill the lion and the bear and the wolf is going to help me defeat Goliath he's been with me David is a man of God's presence and he's an example for us of as God wants to walk with humanity David is this example of a person who is always communing with God through all of life's ups and downs, through all, taking all of his needs to the Lord, all of his requests. What an example to us of what the Apostle Paul talks about. In all things, take all your supplications with thanksgiving to the Lord. David models that for us through the Psalms. Um, believers and unbelievers alike are marvel at the words that this poet penned under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What he's able to communicate at 1000 BC about life, about God, about humanity, just stunning art at an artistic level. The Psalms are are beautiful at a prophetic level. They're declaring things about the nature of God, they're declaring things about what is going to be coming. There's revelation about Jesus, the Messiah, within the pages of these Psalms. And so, Psalms is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And here we are. Uh, just gazing at that Mary and Martha in that story, Martha's wanting to do these things for, for the Lord, and they're not wrong, but Mary's chosen the one thing and is sitting at his feet, and you can kind of put yourself in the story where you hear, you know, Martha, the pots and pans are banging in the kitchen, and she, you know, actually tells the Lord, tell, tell my sister to come back here and help me. And, you know, the Lord says, Martha, Martha, you're, you're worried about a lot of different things, but one thing is required and Mary has chosen it and it's not going to be taken from her. And I I think that the one thing that Jesus is talking about there is the one thing that David is saying, I want to just gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Yeah. I'm a King. I'm a warrior. I'm a prophet. I'm leading a nation. I'm the shepherd of Israel. But no, I, this is the one thing that's beating in my heart beyond all of that is God himself, to gaze on his beauty, to be pursuing him at all uh, seasons of my life. And I think that represents this passionate relationship that God wants all of us to have with him. And Mary obviously tapped into that same heart And yes, it's good to do things for the Lord. It's not dependent on us. He wants us. He wants our heart. And I think that's the the storyline of, as we head into the Psalms, the Psalms end up being this doorway that opens through every season of your life, through every experience. I can't think of an experience that one of us, that you could have, that wouldn't be connected to a Psalm somewhere. The thought or the emotion or the appeal, the cry. The the worship, the praise, the declaration, it covers the gamut of the human experience, which is just a testimony to the power of God's word. And so as I was preparing for tonight, I just was going through the Psalms. This This is just the things that came out of the Psalms we just read this week. I was just noting themes and ideas that come up over and over and over again. And I just want to read through these things. David's crying out for mercy all the time. Lord, have mercy on me. It's a regular request. Lord, you know, look down on me, have mercy on me. Uh, deliverance and help. Lord, deliver me from my trouble. Deliver me from my enemies. Help me. I need your help. That's the humility of David. Again, always going to the Lord first with everything. He's, he's praying for vindication and vengeance on his enemies. That comes up all the time. Hey, I'm surrounded. These accusers and these people that are, are, are hounding me, they're surrounding me coming after me, I'm in trouble, Lord. You're my judge. I'm asking you for a a ruling from your court for in my favor versus my enemies. Um, Trust. How many times does David just say, I trust you, Lord? And he's, he's declaring his trust. And, you know, we think about David at Ziklag where it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. When everybody turned against him and wanted to stone him, David was alone from a human being perspective, but he was not alone spiritually. And it's this trust he had, God is with me, and he's declaring the truth over his soul. He says in different times, you know, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, or why are you downcast, my soul? He's always talking to himself and reminding himself of who God is. And those words have power. And so he's always coming back to, I trust you. Even though my circumstances are all jacked up right now, I trust in you, God. Despite what people are saying, despite what's going on in my life. And that comes through as a, as a theme through a lot of David's psalms. Um, confidence in the Lord. Uh, he, he comes to God for safety, protection, counsel and wisdom, guidance, direction, blessing. Lord, bless me. He's just asking the Lord, would you bless me? Uh, how many times do we see that, you know, this relationship that David has, asking the Lord as a father, would you just, would you pour out blessing? On me, compassion. Uh, we get David's longings. Just I ache for you. Want to be with you. Joy. I mean, David just says, "I rejoice in the Lord," and finding his joy in God's presence, asking God to rescue him consistently from his troubles. Uh, there's just praise and worship and adoration throughout these pages. There's also sorrow and despair. David doesn't hold anything back when he's going through hard times. He he is just incredibly authentic, genuine, and real out of his experience with the Lord. He tells him everything. And it's there, the curtains pulled back for all of us to see this man's soul. But it also gives us language for our own pain. It helps us communicate what's in our heart. It's one of the things I love about Be Thou My Vision. You know, I don't, I'm not a poet, but that whoever wrote that hymn sums up so much in my heart. So when I play that psalm, I can connect with God and say, this is my heart, you know, and that's what we can get when these Psalms, they open up these gateways of experience where we can connect with the Lord and David's language can be a vehicle that can just lead us into the presence of the Lord and help us communicate and articulate uh, the depths of our pain or the depths of our joy and commune with the Holy Spirit. David is focused on God's glory and his majesty, God's creation and the beauty around him. David always saw beauty. He's praying for justice and judgment, God's righteousness. Uh, David was consumed with God as a ruler and God's righteous order manifesting on the earth, crying out for the Lord to search him, to know him, to be known, to ask the Lord to come into his heart, shine that light of the Holy Spirit to reveal things that are in his own heart with the Lord. He's praying and asking for God's intervention and action. Um, you know, we don't serve a passive God. We, we can engage with the Lord in prayer and worship, move the heart of God. And we can we fast, we pray, and we can worship. And God intervenes. He moves. He responds. He engages. Um, he comes to us as a helper. He delivers us. And I know there's so many testimonies on the line of people, how when you've needed God, maybe it was a deliverance. Maybe it was a financial miracle you needed. Maybe it was a healing in your body. You've, you've cried out to the Lord and he's moved and answered those prayers because that's who he is. And so, David is this model of crying out for God's intervention into situations and taking action. There's also a lot of messianic prophecies through the Psalms. And we just read one this week, Psalm 22. I did a breadcrumb on it a few days ago, but just how amazing it is that a thousand years before Jesus was born, David is pinning words that are so accurate to Christ's own experience on the cross. And it's written down as a record for us to realize, wow, this is a validation of the authenticity and the inspiration of the scriptures, the authority of God's word, and how the whole, only the Holy Spirit could give David that insight. When he's, when he's in, a, in a place of communion with God, he's writing these amazing words, you know, so specific about, they pierce my hands and my feet. They're casting lots for my garments. Um, they're surrounding me like a pack of dogs. They're mocking me. I mean, so many specific prophecies in that, in just Psalm 22. But there's so many other Psalms that we can talk about that capture that idea of uh, just the prophetic essence, the purity of that, that David was, was moving in, declaring God's goodness over himself and, and his situations, and circumstances. Uh, and then finally, the one that, that really I, I felt of all the ones, this one to me is something that David models better than anyone else, except Jesus. It's the, the pleasure and the delight realm of God. David had a vision in Psalm 16, you know, pleasures forevermore at your right hand. He understood it. In another psalm, he talks about there's a river of delight in God. And so David just was this unashamed, emptied himself of, of himself, and just was an uh, abandoned worshiper of God. Uh, we re- remember the story when he's bringing the ark into Jerusalem and he's dancing before the Lord in a linen priestly tunic. And his own wife is mocking him and his own wife is disdaining him. And he said, I'll be even more ashamed than this. I'm unashamed of my love of God. I'm going to worship him because he's he's delighted in me and he's delivered me. And so David is just connected in such a a tangible way to the pleasure of God. And, you know, I think for us, as we think about that, the longings that we have in in this life, they're meant for eternity. God said eternity in the hearts of, of humans. We long for things that are only ever going to be fulfilled when we're in his presence forever and ever. And so sometimes the temptation is to try and satisfy those longings with things on this earth and to root our hearts here. But the Bible cautions us that we're pilgrims, we're strangers, we're passing through, we're sojourners on a journey to the promised land. And David's words remind us about where our pleasure and our ultimate delight really resides is in God's presence. And so, you know, that, that theme in David's Psalms, I think, is, is so helpful to us, especially in the days that we live in t- today, where there's cold winds blowing on the earth to discourage hearts. You know, Jesus said the love of many will grow cold at the end. Sin is going to be rampant everywhere, but don't let your heart be troubled. Well, what's an antidote to a troubled heart? is remembering where our delight and our pleasure really lies, is in God's presence. And to locate our hope in Him forever, that will give us the endurance and the perseverance that we're going to need to sustain through challenging seasons and difficulties and the beginnings of birth pains that we're seeing on the earth today. And so the Psalms, again, are a gateway for worship, a gateway for intimacy with the Lord, a gateway to experience His presence as we go through all of life's ups and downs, bumps and bruises, uh, you know, when, when we when we sin, David's got amazing psalms of confession for us uh, that speak to us today. And obviously, the Lord wrote that down for us for all time. So uh, as we go through the psalms, I just pray the Lord really encourages you in your own journey as we look at David as a king, as a prophet, as a warrior as we look at him as a worshiper, wow, you know, what an amazing example to us uh, that the Lord has given us uh, to encourage us in our faith walk with him. Uh, With that, I will open up the, the floor. I have a couple questions for us to come back around on. I just want to give people an opportunity to respond and share their hearts. So first question is back to David as we're kind of wrapping up his story anything from David's character or his story that uh, anyone would like to revisit or discuss. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to share, we'll just open the floor.
1: Pastor Jed, one of the things that, that I have noticed about the Psalms and with David is that he starts out sometimes being really angry or, or just crying out to God. But as he works himself through it, by the time he gets to the end, he's praising God. And I, you know, I, I, I see that sometimes, you know, and I, I just think that is so amazing and how he can just pour his heart out and just almost be so angry, you know, but then it, it just like he works through it and then he's just praising God. And I, I just think that's really cool.
0: It's kind of a resetting, which I think the truth, that's what the truth does, right? When we remember who God is, it helps us get our minds right and our hearts right. And so just telling ourselves the truth and remembering can reset us for whatever's going on and, and to give us that cup of cold water that we need when we're running the marathon and things are getting hard. You know, that Psalm can be that quick shot of cold water that we needed to refresh us for the journey ahead. So great point, Deb.
2: Um, I was just going to say the same thing. First of all, everything you said, is almost hard to add to because you, you touched on so much about David. I love David. And what I really loved about David is that. He trusted God's decision as being the best thing for him. And so we can trust God the same way, knowing that God wants the best for us and trust him for the best. And I think in David's life, he trusted God so much. He knew God so well that he knew God was going to always do what was best for him and what is best for everyone. And David walked that walk. He talked the talk. And I live by that. I think David was so important in in following his path. Of course, he messed up, and so we all do. But the fact that he trusted God through his entire life, knowing that God wanted the best for him and the best for for all of us. And so when we walk in that and trust that, I think everything's going to be okay. With the Psalms, it it, it, it starts out letting God know what we're going through but knowing that in the end, God is going to be with us and he's going to do what is right for us. When we're going through things if we can just remember who God is and that God says that what he wants for us is, is our good. And we trust that all the way to the end. Amen.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful, Mary. And you're absolutely right. You know, David didn't have it easy. And Jesus never said that life would be easy. In fact, he said it's gonna you're gonna have trouble, <laughs> but I love what you said that if we can if we can accept it everything that's happening is for our good. you know God's working on our character, even the adversity and the the afflictions that we go through what paul the apostle Paul says these momentary light afflictions are achieving for us the heavier weight of glory and when you look at Paul's life. Those certainly don't seem like momentary and light. I mean, he was whipped, uh, 40 lashes minus one, five times, shipwrecked, stoned and left for dead multiple times, abandoned by other believers and betrayed. And, you know, he, Paul went through some, <laughs> some stuff. And so did Jesus uh, more than anyone. And, and obviously, David's another example of that, where he just trusted, to your point, Mary, uh, okay, like with Absalom. You know, he said, this is, I'm going to trust the Lord through this. Maybe God's done with me as king. I'm just going to walk it out and see what the Lord does. But he always put himself in God's hands. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful um, example for us as we're going through difficult things, is not to lose heart, but to trust that the Lord's moving in ways that we can't see right now. You know what the enemy means for evil. God will mean for good and use it for good and he works all things together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. Amen.
3: If there is one thing I'm going to remain consistent in when I want to talk about David, I think I talked about this, um, uh, last week, uh, was just the, the, the share experience that, um, uh, David had with God. I mean, um, uh, and, and it is by the, by that experience that he was able to write everything that, uh, uh, he wrote in all the the, the the psalms, and and I'm amazed by the fact that that if if I were to have the same relationship, God will reveal so much to me about Himself. You know, this Sunday, we talked a little bit about God revealing himself. And when he talks about himself being the great I am, he's allowing you to fill the blanks based on your experience with him. Amen. If God was a deliverer to you, you would call him the deliverer. If God was a provider, you would call him a provider. If God was a sustainer, you would call him your sustainer. So he opens himself up to be whatever, you know, you want him to be according to his righteousness, you know, if you have that experience with him. Um, of course, we don't want God to be <laughs> anything evil because he's good. We talk about when, you, when, when you're close with God, he reveals so much about himself. And when I look at David, I look at um, a king, a shepherd, who was so rich with experience with God that he was able to write Psalms to just portray the nature of God. And I feel blessed by that. And that if I just decide that I want to have a rich experience with God, I want to be fully submitted to his will. Man, the things he's going to show me about himself. I could write a whole, I could write books upon books to talk about it, you know? So I mean, when I look at just one, just let's just go to Psalm uh, one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, David, at the point experienced not listening to good counsel, and that led him to some great demise when he wanted to make it, take a census. And one of his uh, 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 counselors told him, hey, do not do this evil thing by taking the census of your people. And he did it anyway, you know? And so you look at that example and you say to yourself, wow, it is blessed to walk in the council of the godly, because there that his, his, I don't know if it was his general, I forget who that was, was trying to, advise you must trust God all along. He's let you through victories and you have not had to do his senses. Well, why would you do it now? You know? So he just, in there alone, we're seeing that God is telling us that it is good to work in good counsel, especially God's own counsel. Amen. And he experienced that in his life. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just really truly blessed um, by, by, by seeing David's life in, 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 in a whole, in a macro level. He was a man whom God revealed so much to him because of what he was willing to do which is a full submission. And it's that relationship that we are seeing that Jesus wants from us, a full submission. And when we do that, we will know so much about Christ that I think we'll be rich in wisdom and knowledge on how to live a holy life on earth. Amen.
0: I love it, brother. You know, I want to just underline what you're saying about experience because, you know, in the scripture where it talks about growing in the grace and the knowledge of Christ, that word there doesn't mean head knowledge. It means, just like Adam knew his wife, Eve, and life came out of that understanding and that experience, God wants, it's, it's more intimacy. It's an intimate experience with God uh, that you know him heart to heart, that you know him, you know his mind. Uh, and we live in a, in a Greco-Roman world in the West where we think we, because we have thought something, we've apprehended the substance of that thought. But in the Hebrew mindset in the Hebrew, Hebraic world, it's what God says is true, whether you understand it or not, if that makes sense. And, and God wants your whole life, not just, it's not compartmentalized. Um, What you do at work, what you're, how you worship God, how you are with your family, how you are with your friends. There's no compartmentalization. The idea of integrity means oneness. You're, you're the same person when you're by yourself as you are on a stage in front of 10,000 people. There's no dichotomy. There's no separation, and that's that's the idea of the Hebraic is you're you know you're one person with God. You're you're integrated with yourself. Um, there aren't these divisions like this is my work life, this is my spiritual life, this is my family life, this is my recreational life. No, there's just there's just life. It's just you and God. And orienting our hearts in that place of experience, like David did, like you said, Terrence, is is where we grow. You know, and Jesus himself, remember the Pharisees, like he holds up the scriptures and he says to them, look, you think in these you have life, but these testify of me. Come to me that you will have life. And so the scriptures are full of God's truth, his wisdom, his authority, but they are a gateway. It's it's bringing us into a living relationship with God. And that's the experiential. He wants, he doesn't want to just be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants to be the God of Terrence and Jed and Kimberly. He wants, he's going to reveal himself personally through our lives to our families. And we build that prophetic history. And that's our testimony. Um, you know, when we ha- when we're up against it and we remember, no, God's been there. I've seen him do this. I've seen him do this. He's come through for me right there. He is, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the man or the woman with the experience is never at the mercy of the man or woman who just has an opinion. And so that's really, the Psalms teach us that, you know, God wants to have, he wants to walk with us, like he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. We get to walk with God and talk with God. And he speaks to us. Um, He reveals his heart for us. He helps us in situations, you know, uh, it's just remarkable. So I really just love what you're sharing, sharing there, Terrence, and just want to underline it. You know, unfortunately, I think sometimes in America, you know, we can we can write a book about love, we can go to a conference that's teaching about love, we can sing worship songs about love, and no one has actually been loved because we're we're in the thought realm. We're in a we're in an intellectual zone, but God wants it to come through our life, right? Not just that we understand in our mind a concept, but that we live it and and become it. Uh, out of a place where you know Jesus talks about it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good deeds issue forth from a good heart. Uh, out of an evil heart, evil deeds are going to issue forth. And so he's always working on the inner, clean that inside of that cup through that walking, that that walk with God, so that we have his heart, we have his mind. And when we're in situations, we can say the words and do the things that the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Uh to your point, Terrence, when we are submitted and surrendered to Him,
1: I just I just think David is is so awesome to see how he came from a shepherd boy uh, to the king of Israel, but also that it, his love for God never diminished in in anything that he did. It seemed like it to me. It seemed like it got stronger with every adversity, with every thing that happened, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And, um, so I, I, and I, I, I pray that that, that is, you know, an example for us that, you know, we go through these trials, you know, we, I'm going to talk for me. I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say I, you know, when I have something that goes wrong, I'm like, (sighs) What 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 is going on? Why, why? But then after I've gotten through it, I realize I've gotten stronger because of it. And um I know that I can see in David that as he went through things, and I mean he was running for his life a lot of times. Praise God, I haven't had to do that. But he he did, he grew and he got stronger and stronger to the point where um it was like um, you just you just don't expect him to do anything but trust God. That's what I
0: Love that. So good. Uh, I want to encourage everybody you know, to find that place in your own rhythm where you, where you feel close to the Lord. You know, we're all different. And there's no one-size-fits-all formula. Um, for me, I love to, I walk every day. And I just and the Lord led me to that. I didn't even know that that was what I needed until I felt the Lord invite me out there. And I, I've been doing it for years. And um, just be me, me by myself, walking and listening to worship music, listening to Scripture, praying. That's my zone. Um, but it, it that may not be your your thing. So, but what is your thing? You find that place and and where you can hear from the Lord and, and communicate with him. And um, don't ever let anyone take that from you or don't feel like you have to do it like someone else does it. Uh, that might be Saul's armor, you know, and for me, that was for a long time, I thought a quiet time meant, uh, okay, like a study hall, like, get out your pen, get a journal, read, you know, discipline, read through a certain amount of scripture and journal, write, And, you know, I thought that's what I was taught was connecting with God and. To me, it was Saul's armor. I had to be myself. I had to find myself and give myself permission to just follow what God is doing in my own heart. And I love to be outside. I love to be in nature. I love to go on the walk and be moving, and it just helps me. And so, I just want to empower agency with anyone that may be listening to this. That's like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how to connect with God. Um, You know, just it's okay to. Explore with the Lord how you how in your rhythm you can find Him and connect to Him heart to heart. That's the goal.
2: Well, I can tell you for me, Jed, that that uh, the walking and the music and the you know all of that that's what that's how I connect. And I don't always necessarily need the music. Sometimes it's just the quietness, uh, conversation with Him, and I can walk. I love to walk. I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, you get off track, but you get back on. And but it, it's it's that place that I think I do my best praying, my best uh, praising and um, just spending time with him. I also wanted to talk about one more thing about David that I found. Well, we, you talked about it a little bit. And you were talking about um, how when he told Solomon all the things he wanted him to do uh basically knock off this person you you take care of that but i didn't see that being any different than god saying to you know the israelites you know the ones who did this to you when you were come, when you asked to come through you go back and take care of them you go back and do this i mean the same thing i mean i felt like david followed so much of who god really was he knew him so well that he could just follow him and understand this is what he would want this is what i need to do but uh David to me he was just for me he was just a am- it was i'm i can go back to him many of them but David is one of them of course Joshua you go back and you think about the things that they did the things they said to encourage you through your path and your walk with Christ with God That's all i need to say <laughs> Thank you
0: I love what you're saying Mary about you know, David knowing God so well that he, you know, he had walked with him so long. He knew what God would do in certain situations. And, um, you know, I remember one time in my life I was praying and, and I don't know if I've shared this before on this on on this call, but um, I may have, if I have, forgive me, but uh, I just was praying and we were, I was praying about the fruit of the spirit. And I just felt the Holy Spirit ask me, you know, why isn't obedience listed as a fruit of the spirit? I'm like, why isn't obedience listed as the fruit of the spirit? And I went through it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And obedience isn't isn't there. And I started to have kind of a conversation with the Lord about it. I'm like, why isn't it in there? And and the Lord just took me to faithfulness, and which is what I think you're talking about, Mary. You know, you can you can be obedient to someone like a, you know, like a drill instructor in the army, you could, you know, he could tell you to clean the latrine and you go clean the latrine and you've been obedient, but you hate that guy in your heart, but it is not possible to be faithful to him, uh, and hate him at the same time. You will obey. So faithfulness presupposes that you're going to be obedient, but there's an inner loyalty and an inner, uh, love that faithfulness possesses. And that's why it's a fruit of the spirit. You, you can't be faithful and disobey. Um, and so as we think about David and this faithfulness in his life where he knew God so well, and we think about Jesus, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what my father's told me to say. Um, and there's this relationship that we can have with the heavenly father where he's showing you what to do. And you can grow to the point where you know what the Lord wants you to do in a situation. Um, because he's trained you and he's brought you to that point of surrender and submission. Um, and so I love what you're saying there, Mary, about, you know, David passing on some things to Solomon. Solomon's going to do what his father has told him to do. Solomon's going to be faithful, uh, to, to listen to what his father's saying. And he's going to, he's going to take care of some stuff, uh, that his father has told him to take care of. So even that speaks to us about faithfulness. Something
1: that just occurred to me when you were all speaking trying to think of something different about David. Um he the Lord was was showed redemption through him when he when he used Solomon who came through um gosh, let's say Bathsheba and he you know he didn't Get her in the proper way, and yet he lost his first son through her, and then he used Solomon to pass on his legacy, and so that was a really um redemptive thing the Lord did in David's life.
0: I don't know if we remember the the story there with with Solomon, but um obviously when when Bathsheba becomes pregnant, God sends the prophet. Nathan, to actually name Solomon, he calls him Jedidiah, and that name means beloved of the Lord. And, and so there was this special, uh, you just kind of get the, you know, the, you don't see the Lord name a whole, lot of, a whole lot of people when they're first born. It happens several times in the scripture, but it's, 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 a, it's a unique um, naming that God says, name, name the child this or that. But Solomon is one of those examples, um, and it is interesting that you know his name ends up being Solomon. I think the Lord's name for him was Jedidiah. Um, but I think there was all to your point. There's this redemptive arc there, where God's going to bring out of some brokenness and out of some pain in David's life and in Bathsheba's life. You know, no wonder she is wanting to see him on the throne. You know, she is advocating as an intercessor. She's the one that goes to David and says, "Hey, you promised." that Solomon would be king, and Adonijah is doing this uh, foolishness off to the side. Um, And so it's Bathsheba as the mom is interceding, which Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Uh, (laughs) Mothers are awesome. But here's an example of a mother who's interceding uh, for the destiny of her son, that God was obviously moving in the the heart of Bathsheba, because that was his desire for Solomon as well, was to move him into that position um, as, as David's son. And really Solomon is the one that leads Israel into kind of its highest point in terms of its, uh, the magnitude of its earthly expression, uh, um, as a, as an ancient kingdom. So he takes where David, David's floor, um, Solomon builds on it and takes, takes Israel to its ceiling, um, as far as an ancient kingdom. So great point, Lois. Other uh,
3: thoughts out there? I would like to speak a little bit of what I learned from David from Psalm 37. This is one of my most favorite psalms when I think about, you know, um, um, how the world and how people view um, uh, 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 view people who prosper, but yet um, in light of what the word of God says, do a lot of evil. Uh, you know, David starts this psalm to say, do not fret because of evil do nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Right? For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herbs. So when I when I when I hear this, I was like, "Wow, uh, you, know, you know, God, you know, David, I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't just speak, you know, uh, like I said, out of thin air. He spoke based on experience. Uh, that you know, when we see people prosper um, in, in our society and we know that they don't love God, uh, 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 um, we shouldn't look that prosperity. Uh, uh, and and envy it. I mean, I think of many prominent figures. Like, uh, you know, I watch I watch a lot of news. I'm I'm able to, by the by the spirit, glean from from you know what's happening in the spirit. Powerful people like George Soros. I don't I don't mean to name a lot of them, but but we know who they are. Uh, who who in behind the scenes are very rich, but commit all these atrocities. And God is saying, when we see these people, I love what He says that we shouldn't we shouldn't fret, we shouldn't get anxious in a way. Or or, or, or or get weary that God is not doing anything about it. They all have a time and a season on the earth and they will pass away and God's judgment will prevail, you know. But let us just continue in righteousness, knowing that at the end of it, um, uh, I think verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. So while we see all those things, we should continue to trust in the Lord and do what is good according to God's will. And in all things, you know, He's going to be the judge. He's going to reward us. Uh, and he's going to, you know, the uh, 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 Bible says he's our great reward. If we could just trust in that and not fret and not get weary because the powerful people of the world are using their power to commit evil. So uh, that, that's encouraging to me.
0: Love it, man. That's Solomon. When we get to the book of Ecclesiastes, he has a lot to say about you know how meaningless everything is <laughs> you know where you know we we can amass all this materialism but someone else is going to spend it uh you can't take any of it with you and so no one no one had more than solomon uh, or or accomplished more than solomon humanly speaking i mean the man was really a, a marvel um so and he, his conclusion at the end was like i've done it all i've tried it all i've explored it all i've set my heart to go after all the pleasure, all the delight, all the money. Uh, I chased everything I could chase. And it's, it's meaningless. You know, it all comes back to God, you know, um, love God. That was Solomon's conclusion. Um, and so that comes back to the one thing that David says, you know, the, there's one thing that matters, you know, choose that one thing to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. As you've been reading to the Psalms this week, did anybody uh, just have, the Lord speaks something to you personally that you'd mind sharing or a testimony of like, wow, this Psalm. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm um, out on my walk or whatever, there'll be a passage of scripture that will just boom. It's like the perfect word at the perfect moment for something that's going on in my life. And it's just the counsel and the wisdom of God comes right on time. And so I just wanted to leave room for anyone that's having had an experience like that this week that they want to share. Um, You're going through something and, and, you know, when the, one of the Psalms really spoke to you or ministered to you in a profound
3: way. That has been good to somebody today. Hey Amen. We just want to hear it. Amen. <laughs>
1: <Hey> <laughs> in Psalms um, 4 and 3 says, know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. And then in 4 it says, be angry and do not sin on your bed. Reflect in your heart and be still. And I know that there's been times in my life and when um, I've been really angry and I know there's, you know, that you've, you've got to go and settle it. You know, there was something that happened uh, not too long ago and I went into my room and I was so mad and I laid down on my bed and this verse came back to me and it was like, okay. So I got my phone out and I text the person and um, I didn't hear back from them until the next morning, but I just had knew I just knew that I had to make it right before I went to sleep. And, um, it's funny, you know, it's just how sometimes these things, you know, the Holy spirit will bring them back to you and to, you know, to keep you on the right path. So I praise God that he doesn't, he doesn't, we may get off the path, but he, he's always there to bring us back and, you know, through his word. And so I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that, um, I believe I did the right thing by writing that uh, apology and or, uh, that omission and we were able to move forward the next day. So praise God.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Deb. That's so practical. Like God is managing the universe, holding everything together by the word of his power. And he talks to us like he did with you, Deb, in such an intimate, personal way in a personal relationship and and just you know, gently led you to His will. Uh, you know, I love that verse in Philippians. Like it's His good pleasure at work in us to do His will. The Holy Spirit is help is empowering us to serve God and to do His will. And I think that what you just shared is a great testimony of that. Just that little prodding, and He uses the deposit of the Scripture in your heart. You know, you you knew that Scripture, and so He used that to prompt a thought. Uh, and come back into that alignment. And, you know, that's really the value of what we're doing as we go through the Bible, there's a deposit coming into us that He will uh use over and over and over again. He'll call to mind and he'll remind and remember that story in the scriptures. Uh don't 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 go down that path. Remember how that story in the scriptures. Go down this path. It's gonna go better for you. And and that's just the leadership of the wisdom and the counsel of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. I mean, what good news is that? You know, t- so good, in fact, that Jesus said, Hey, it's better that I go, that the Holy Spirit's gonna come and, and comfort you. I mean, imagine that. Jesus saying it's better that he goes so that the Holy Spirit comes and can guide us and lead us. I, that's amazing. But we have the wonderful counsel of God with us whenever we need it. And though he's managing the universe, he still has time for each one of us. To speak into specific situations and circumstances, just like he did with David, just like he did with Jesus, and just like he does with uh, with all of us here on the call. So
3: praise God for that. You actually uh, caught me at the right time because you know I think it's the right time and the right place to just give thanks to God Almighty. I remember when um, this Bible study ses- session started, right, and all the facilitators, Mister Je- Pastor Jed. Uh, Pastor Christian, and Pastor Sylvia, and the vision was that we would go through this scripture for the whole year, and next year we'll do it again, and next year there might be another revelation that comes up. God might God might work a new journey with us all in the same scripture to just show us how, you know, diverse in thought he is, you know, and I was honestly blessed by it, and I have to say that this Bible study has been such a blessing for me personally, I cannot wait to be here on Mondays, you know, uh, because some of the lessons that I'm learning here, I, I, I have to say, uh, even when speaking to people, I find myself saying some of the things that we say here, you know, and, and it, it, goes to, it goes to say uh, when, when the Lord says to study, to study, to study, to show ourselves approved unto God as a workman who knows how to rightly divide the word of truth. And I think here is where we are learning to divide the word of truth. I know there is so much deception and Jesus clearly said in the last days, the deceptions will be so strong that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived if it were possible, but it would not be possible. God is just trying to reveal to us how strong the deceptions will be. And so when we come um, here and we are studying the lives of so many people biblical figures. God is trying to show us ourselves in those characters and show us who he was, even in their shortcomings or in their successes that came from God. So I just want to say personally, like today I was called, uh, my friend, we were in the army. And I was called, uh, and he said, my, my brother, he always calls me to seek biblical counsel. And today he called me and said, please, would you like to meet for lunch so we can talk about some issues? And we sat there throughout my lunch, an hour, 30 minutes long, talking about some struggles that he, he was going through. And, and, and quite honestly, a lot of the things that we study here is like, I'm able to just transfer it to him. And, and, and I realized that that is what God is doing. You, you think that the word is only for you, but you never know who God will bring across your path so you can use what he is putting you to help another person. So brothers and sisters, I just want to say, please be encouraged. I personally am blessed by coming here every Monday to learn more, to get like, God will never give you everything, right? that's the magic about God. He doesn't want you to be pompous because he's going to resist you. He doesn't want you to be proud because he's going to resist you. So he gives the bits and pieces to everybody so we can learn to learn from one another. So I am really, really blessed, honestly, to be part of this Bible study. And I just pray for more consistency. I pray for more diligence that I come here all the time, ready and willing with an open heart to learn from each and every one of you. That is why this conversational Uh, 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 parts of this Bible study is available so that we can allow God to use us and speak some truths through us so that we can all learn from what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you in this study session. So I just want to say I am blessed. I am blessed. And it was a blessing because the young man who whom we met today left, you know, rejuvenated and happy. And I could just see what God was doing. Amen. Trust me, brothers. If you have a heart for the Lord, the closer you come to him, he reveals himself to you, and you find out that it's not only for you, but it's for the people he's going to bring, uh, 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 cross, bring in your path and cross your path that you may help them with what he has put in you. So I find myself very blessed. Amen.
0: Yeah, I think there's aspects of our walk as disciples that are solitary, where it's, it is us and the Lord, and then there's a, a family and a community aspect where, to your point, there's an interchange. The Holy Spirit's giving you, Terrence, something that I need to hear. And we all, like, that's how God moves through the body. Every joint nourishing, nour- nourishing one another, that we're, we're connected, send you together. And when we talk about the Word, the Holy Spirit just imparts. He's free to, free to move. And, and I've learned a lot from being on this call, and I'm on another Bible study too. And uh, in that one, it's the same thing. You know, the same testimony that Terrence just said, you know, those the folks are saying, man, like I come here and here and, and I, you know, God's just blowing my mind, you know, where I didn't know what I needed until I came. And it was sometimes it's even a battle to come. But when we push through that and we get into his word and get into his presence and get into fellowship with one another as believers, the encouragement, we can be built up in our faith. And the, and the word of God is the foundation with Christ as the capstone, the cornerstone. Uh, working all things for his good pleasure uh, in and through us. So, amen, Terrence.
2: I wanted to say one more thing. Um, Yeah. This this is not the first time. The Bible that we're doing now, uh, this will be my third time through it. But truly, I am enjoying this time more than I've ever enjoyed doing it. Because like you said, there is so much. We're learning from each other, whether the Holy Spirit speaks to you or someone else and gives someone else a word for us. So even if people are on this line and they're not saying anything, trust and believe we are gaining a lot. I'm speaking for myself, and I believe that is true for everybody on the line. So this truly is a blessing. It has been a blessing for me. I don't want to miss one Monday. If I don't say anything, know this. I don't want to miss a Monday, and I'm really, really enjoying this because I've done this three times, but I've done it by myself. But now I'm doing it with everybody else. And, I mean, to me, everything is, is alive. I mean, it's like jumping off the page means more. Just hearing the breadcrumbs, I listen to the breadcrumbs first, and then I read because I kind of want to pull, what are, what are you getting from it? And then I want to see, what am I going to get from it? So it's been great. Just wanted to say that.
0: Thank you. Amen. Well, I think the, the interesting feedback that over the, since we've started doing this, um, and Chris, I wish Krista was on, she had to go uh, in Kansas city. They're, they're responsible to do some work uh, preparation for tomorrow. But uh, you know, she was telling Sylvia and I that there's been so many comments of just people being like, man, I've, I've wanted something like this. And it's just, there's never had that opportunity, and so there's like an appetite in the body of Christ, which you know, I mean, rocket science, right? Like get believers together, read the Bible, and talk about it together. Amazing, you know, revolutionary thought, uh, but no, it is—it's as simple as this. And this is what the what the body of Christ was doing, you know, when 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 the uh, the church was first born, meeting in each other's homes, breaking bread, fellowshipping together and doing and going through some teaching those are the four, four pillars of uh ecclesial life and we can drift from that and make christianity about a lot of different things but really christianity coming back full circle now christianity is one thing it's a it's a pursuit of a person jesus christ as the messiah a living relationship with him where i no longer live but christ lives in me Dead to sin, but alive to God and his purposes. And then through through our lives, we can bring glory, honor, and praise. And, and we're his workmanship. He's working on us. I love that idea. You know, that he, I, I love that he was a carpenter. His vocation before he went into ministry on earth with kind of a tongue in cheek and a wink, you know, he's a carpenter. He built the world, he created the whole world, and he's making his living uh, as a carpenter for several years. I just love that, you know, but he's working on us. We're on his potter's wheel and he's making something out of our lives. And his word is part of that instrumentation of the Holy Spirit that shapes us, changes us. Um, we're different because the, God, the word of God interacted with us. Um, and over time, you know, it's gonna bear fruit. There'll be a harvest. And we just stick with it and eat that word. Feed like her Terrence was saying, you know, we just feed on his presence, feed on his word, and we're going to get stronger because that's who God is, and that's that's the plan. So, um, want to leave any any uh, last thoughts before we bring this session to a close? Anyone else have anything burning on their heart? Hang on a second, I just see I'm going to read this chat. Looks like uh, Tina and Ryan Butler, Psalm 91 has always spoke to me, especially because I'm a U.S. Army veteran. And when I was in harm's way, not just physical warfare, but spiritual warfare as well. Praise the Lord. He has always protected me throughout my Army career. Our good God is good all the time. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you for that testimony. And thank you for your service to our country. My father is a military vet in uh, Vietnam, so I always want to just honor service men and women and psalm 91 is an amazing psalm and so many testimonies have come from that psalm being prayed over uh, folks that are serving in the armed forces so appreciate that testimony so heavenly father we uh we love you we bless you we thank you for this time lord we thank you for the example that david is to us on so many different fronts and for the psalms and the things we talked about tonight uh, just ask that your holy spirit would call to mind Bring comfort, um, conviction, grace, strength, encouragement, uh, Lord, that you would be filling us up as we go about our days uh, this week, uh, continuing to read your word and study. But we thank you for each person, each family represented on the call, those that will watch this uh, recording at some point, pray your blessings on them, that uh, we would, uh, just as David said, we we would be passionate about the one thing, uh, to gaze on your beauty. And to passionately pursue a relationship with you above all things, because you said in your word, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and to have no other gods before you. And so we want to endeavor to do that, Lord. So help us. And we do pray blessings over uh, all that you're doing in Kansas City. So strategic. So, uh, so many uh, prayers have been prayed over decades and decades and decades and your purposes for this hour Lord, we know that in the fullness of time, things break forth. And so we just pray your grace, your blessings, uh, your multiplication, just that you would be with uh, all the the gathering of the uh, people of God as they come onto the Sherman property and prepare to go to the send and, and really declare the worth of Christ, the beauty of the gospel of the kingdom, and that, Lord, there would just be an explosion in the spirit that you would anoint people, call people, bless people, release people, send people. Um, we just pray that you would use uh, this time as a catalytic moment in prophetic history, Lord, where there would just be a, uh, just that explosion of divine purpose, divine orchestration, divine strategy, um, and that, that, Lord, you would move the chess pieces on the chessboard, exactly where you want the chess pieces to be, that you would you would be the one uh, guiding, directing, providing your wisdom, your counsel. As, uh, as we gather together, we just pray for our brothers and sisters, that you would bless them, keep them, let your face shine upon them, grant them your peace, and your, you would protect them by the blood of Jesus. And that all that you want to be done would be done according to your will, and your glory alone. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, lots of love to you. Thank you all for joining us this evening. And uh, we will look look to see you all next week, Lord willing, on, on another Bread for the Journey. Shalom. Yeah.